You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our Life Crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Ross Steele. So, Salt and Light is the title of my message today, and. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share, I got two main things for you. One is like why uh, we share our faith. And, and second, bigger thing is going to be kind of how we share our faith, how we share our faith effectively. So I got four things in why we share our faith and three things in how we share our faith. And uh, the, when, we, when we talk about kind of, kind of who we are as a church, I believe out of the fivefold ministry gifts, the first uh, there, there's five. Mine is evangelism. So I'm going to be completely honest and transparent. Nothing new for me up here. Uh, with that being said, I have allowed a lot of pressure on, on myself to be like, oh, this is your gift. Of all the pastors at Life Church, evangelism, that is mine. I'm, the, I'm one of the only ones that, that have evangelism. I'm like, I have to deliver, and I got to be like the best of the best here. And, and I, I allowed a lot of pressure to, 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 to get on, uh, to come in, and, and I put a lot of pressure on myself most, most really than anything. Nobody else puts the pressure on me. And I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of just praying as, as the video's going on, and and. The Lord just kind of—he just said, "Just share it, you know, release it." And I'm gonna share it with you guys because just to show y'all that, hey, none of us are perfect. Even the one up here delivering the message. Uh, but one thing I do know is that I am anointed. And although I may have walked up here not feeling the anointed, I still know I am anointed to do this. So we're gonna go through this together. And before we do, I just want to go before the Lord. We're gonna pray and uh, we're gonna allow Him to to take the lead. Father, we come before you this morning. I ask you, Lord, to open up our hearts, open up our our ears, Lord. Let let no let no word fall on deaf ears. Open up our hearts this morning, God. Allow me, Father, just use me as a vessel of honor. Fill me with your spirit. May every word that comes from my lips, every word that comes from my tongue, may it be your words, Father. May I decrease so that you will increase. And may, may everything that comes to, to set up against us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, may it be broken down. May it be, may it be shattered. May all the shackles be broken. And, and, and may we just come before you this morning, Lord, with complete awe, complete reverence, and, and, and fill us with a holy fear that it, that is a perfect love that casts out all fear. In the name of Jesus, it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Why do we share our faith? Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Very simple. He, he, he came to seek and to save those that was lost. How, how, or how else is he supposed to do that? He, the Holy Spirit is our helper. So the Holy Spirit that is within us can also be upon us as we go out and share the good news of the gospel. I mean, this is, this is a very simple instruction. But we share our faith, and I'm going to go into the three, these three reasons. We share our faith because this is our calling in life. This is our calling in life. We are called to share, to share our faith, to share the good news of the gospel. If we don't share our faith, how else are we supposed to fill the church? How else are we supposed to fill the kingdom of God? And it's not anything that we are doing, guys. It is us stepping into obedience of what he has called us to do. And you guys don't have to have the, 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 the gift of evangelism to be able to share your faith. 
We all have different gifts, and, and when we all come together, that, that makes the church, and we can, do, we can accomplish anything, ultimately. But with the Holy Spirit at the, at the helm and, and, and allowing him to guide our steps, then we share our faith, and his work, his will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And when I shared about kind of where we started as a church as far as numbers go, well, I also wanted to share another number uh, with you. And I'm going to move my uh, TV out of the way for just a minute so everybody can see. But um, hopefully everybody can see this back board back here. Um, this is, I spent time this week uh, making this. This is a, a cross, obviously. But on this, I'm going to plug it in, and you're going to see something, and I'm going to explain it. Most importantly, the most important part of sharing our faith is to get people to know God. These, this wall right here, I don't know exactly how many different bulbs I can put up there. I didn't count. But there are 39 that are actually screwed in. The 39 represents the 39 salvations, the 39 people brought to Christ since we've come into this house since March of 22. And that is worth, that is worthy to give God praise for. And I say this because this wall right here is going to stay here in the house. This is going to stay here. It's going to be up on stage. It may be back there. It's going to be around. It's going to be something that we're going to be able to look at. And we're going to be able to see the lives that are being changed. When somebody gives their life to Christ, we're going to give them the opportunity, hey, come up, screw your bulb in. Because there is light. And we're going to celebrate with them because when one person comes to know God, the heavens rejoice, the angels rejoice, and we as a church are going to rejoice. Amen? Amen. Let me get my TV back here or else I'll get lost. Um, it is our calling in life. Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine before men. What is, this is, this is a clear representation of just instructions for us of why we share our faith. Why, why we share our faith. And second, Peter says, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. That last sentence there, that last phrase, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Every single day that you wake up is another day where his return is delayed. It gives you another opportunity to reach another person to reach another person, to reach another person. You know, statistically, it takes 12 touch points for somebody to come to Christ. So even though you may share, share the, the good news of the gospel, what the Lord's done in your life, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen in that moment. It very well could be. It doesn't have to be 12. It could be the one. Um, but you could also be the 12. You could be the 13th or the 14th as well, but... But it is our calling in life to share the good news of the gospel. 
We share our faith because people need the Lord. People need the Lord. In John 3.17, right after one of the most famous thing, uh, verses in scriptures, John 3.16, right after we say, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He does not, he does not believe has been judged already. Who does not believe has been judged already? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What's this saying? What's this, what does this say to us this morning? It's that, it's that he doesn't come strictly just to, to, to judge us. He sent his Son so that we are not judged. We, he sent his Son so that we have an opportunity and to become a relationship, into becoming into a relationship with Jesus. These are all things, guys, for, for, for you in the house today, most of you probably, I'm not going to say every single one of you, but most of you probably already have a relationship with the Lord at some, in some form or fashion. Hopefully this message will encourage you in your journey, but also these are steps that you could take. And my goal for here at Pendleton is to take these steps, the things I've shared with you this morning, and to take it outside the walls. Use it in your lives. Take it into your workplace. Take it into uh, the, the, the grocery store with you. You Literally, you make eye contact with somebody. Go, talk to them. Like, it, whatever. You, you can be as crazy as that. Or you can be somebody who says, Lord, give me a very, very clear sign. Or else I don't think I can do it. And that's okay because he knows what you need and he'll provide it. Amen? Amen. Why else do we share our faith? Because people want the Lord. Believe it or not, people do want the Lord. I want us to be, like, when, when we talk about the salvations, the people, the numbers of, of people coming here into, the, into Pendleton, it's not to say, hey, we're a church. Uh, people don't come just to, to be a part of a church, to build a church. It's to know God. Amen. I want us to be a church that, that we come here to know God not to build a church, not to build numbers or anything of that sort. It's to know God and it's to, to love God. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. That is, that is, that is bigger and greater than you could ever imagine. He wants you to have that kind of life. He wants your neighbor who is an atheist to have that life. He wants your, your, your uh, co-worker who is a Buddhist or any other religion to have that life. It's not just for us who come into the house of the Lord on Sundays. It is for everybody in the world. We share our faith because I once was lost. You had somebody at some time in your life that had to share the gospel with you, that had to share the good news of Jesus with you. So you had the opportunity to hear it. Why are you withholding that from somebody you know that doesn't know Jesus? I don't say that to condemn. More of anything, it's, I, I hope it rests on you as a, a, a conviction to really open up your, 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 your eyes and, and think to yourself, just look inwardly. Have I given every opportunity, every opportunity that comes, have I taken it? Have I stepped in obedience? Because we don't want 
lost. Like, we don't want everybody around us to, to be lost. We, we have a lighthouse. What does a lighthouse do? It guides people. It guides boats in, into the harbor, right? So that's like what, what I'm saying is our goal right here at Pendleton is to guide lost people to God, to know God. When I say I once was lost, like I, I was giving a hard time to my, like on my mom earlier, but like she is one and my grandmother who passed last, last summer, they are the two people who never lost hope, who always, always proclaimed, always proclaimed scripture over my life, that prayed over me whether I knew it or not, and sometimes to an extent of annoyingness for me, I'm like, I, I've heard this over and over and over again. Like, I get it. Like, you know, know God, love God, serve God, yada, yada, yada. But I wasn't living that way. I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want that kind of life. I was like, I want to live my own life. And your story maybe isn't the same, but if they gave up, where would I be today? I, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know where I would be. And it, so that goes to say that you don't know where anybody's at in their, in their, in their walk. You don't know where, at, where, where anybody's at in their life. And even though you may face rejection one, two, three, four times from the same person, who cares? They're going to look at you as a fool, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'd rather be a fool in the eyes of man than a fool in the eyes of God. Amen. It's time for us to step in to what God has called us to do in sharing our faith. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. But one died for all. That means that the same, the same blood of Jesus that was poured out for you is the same blood of Jesus that was poured out for everybody else in this earth, on this earth. There are going to be people who rebuke God, there are religions that stand directly against God. Really, every religion stands against God. But there are going to be people who stand against God that, that do, they just don't care. They think that, that heaven and hell, they think hell is like going to be like earth where it's going to, like they can do their own things and whatnot. No, you have to recognize there is heaven and there is hell and hell is not going to be fun. And would you honestly wish that? Upon, upon a friend, upon a family member, upon a coworker, even really upon an enemy? I mean, if you don't really know what hell's gonna be like, if you don't know the word, like it, it, that's why we as believers have to get into our word. Because it is gonna be torment for eternity. And we should not want that for anybody in our lives. Even if we don't know them, even if it's a random person at a gas pump. It is, it is our duty as believers, to share our faith. Galatians 5 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. It's, this is a, a very common, uh, these are the fruits of the Spirit are, are things that when, when, we step into, uh, when we step into a relationship with Jesus, we are filled with the Spirit. We, the Holy Spirit resides in us. Those fruits we, we must work in, and we must, it's not like, hey, we're going to accept Christ, and we're just going to have all the joy. We're going to have all the peace. We're going to, like, it's not, like, we have to choose it. 
We have to choose joy. We have to choose gentleness. We have to choose self-control. But because of the Spirit, we can. And when we choose it, we will have joy that overflows. We will have peace that subdues. We will have patience that endures. We will have kindness in action, faith that prevails, gentleness of hearts, and strength of spirit. And when you have the fruits of the Spirit, when you have all of these things, and you're walking in them, and you're receiving them, and you're declaring them over your life, in the name of Jesus, he's going to do great things in your life. He will do great things in your life. For his glory, though, for his glory, he will, he, he will use you in mighty ways. Just submit and surrender to him. He will use you in mighty, mighty ways. And when you have all of these, when you have all of these things, there's a saying, uh, a sentence, and it's in your notes. When you have all of these things, it kind of gets you to this sentence. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. Now, I'm going to say that again. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. Guys, this isn't about us. It's not for our glory or, or anything. Like, yes, I want my life to be attractive, but not because I want people to receive me and be like, man, he's got it all together. No, it's like, what makes him have it all together? Who is it that makes it seem like, he, like what is he missing? Or what, do I, what am I missing that he has? And I've had that conversation before. I've had friends, best friends from high school, still best friends, uh, a couple of them are like, yeah, I know God. A couple of them are just like, well, yeah, you know, they're kind of like wishy-washy on the whole. They don't go to church. They don't do anything like that. You know, sex outside of marriage. Uh, you got living together, not being married, like all these things. And I don't come and, and judge them by any means. But what I do do is, I said do-do. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I didn't even mean that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Middle school. Uh, the, what, what, I, what I do is I love them. But I don't just love them and, and, and uh, affirm them by any means. I tell them they're wrong. I have a relationship with them to do that. But I tell them, like, hey, this is wrong. They come to me like, hey, man, my, you know, my girlfriend is this, that. And I'm like, well, you're living together. Like, are you going to change that? It's like, no said, okay, well, what do you expect from me? Like, I think, that, I think that the Lord can redeem this situation if you'll allow him to. And, it's, and honestly, guys, the relationship I have with them is not one of, like, me just constantly correcting them. Like, we, we hang out, we watch games, like, all, all sorts. But, but even then, in those relationships, people, I, I've talked to people who are like, but I don't want to lose my friends. I... I had to make a decision at a time in my life when my revival with the Lord happened that I was like, I'm okay to lose my friends. I would much rather tell them, hey, if you're not gonna, if you're not, if you're not gonna even consider this, we can't be friends at all. And when I say friends, I mean like hanging out, like that's my only circle. 
But we have to have believers around us that will encourage us and exhort us and, 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 and uh, speak life into us because if all that is around us is darkness, what do, you, what do you expect to happen in our lives? What do you expect to happen? And here's the thing. When I get into my second point of, 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 of how we do it effectively, the first thing, a part of this, is we have to recognize the moments that God gives me. And when, we re- when I say recognize the moments, I mean, like, in every situation, literally, any situation, you could just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to see here? What do you want me to know? Like, recognize the moment. Like, people will come and ask you questions, and it could completely, like, it's a perfect, like, hey, we're going to tee it up, and it's a home run. Like, take him to the Lord. But there's people that I know that won't, that won't do that. There's, there's believers that I know that won't do that. And we'll, we talk it through it, and I'm like, hey, this is kind of like your job. Like, this is what you do as a believer. They ask you a question. It could not necessarily be like, hey, so tell me about God. It could be like something about any of the fruits of the Spirit. Man, why do you have so much joy? Like, oh, you want to know? I'll tell you. I got joy that overflows in my life because I have a relationship with Jesus. Like, there, you can find it anywhere. Recognize the moments, make the moments. In Psalm 37, it says, the steps of man of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. He already knows what you're doing next. He knows where you're going to lunch after church. He knows the coworkers you're going to run into during the week. He knows the frustrations you're going to have. He knows the, the fruitful conversations that can come from family members and friends. He, like, your steps, they're, they're already established. The Lord already knows. And it's, by, it, it's on purpose. It's, it's for a reason. And that reason, I believe, is to share our faith. Proverbs 16, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So he's already established, let him direct. He's already established, let him direct you. Listen, be, be open ears, listening to, the, listening to the Holy Spirit. I've had many times, there was a, on our way to our, was a, it was on the way to our honeymoon, uh, we sat next to this gal who, I don't know, she took like a Xanax or something. She was like super anxious. Uh, and, and for me, most of you know my story, like I had like panic attacks for a long, long time. And, and there were still moments where, where anxiety will creep in. Um, and, and so I just felt like, I'm not going to lie, like even as a pastor, I was like, I'm on my honeymoon. Like, do I have, like, do I have to talk to her? Uh, like, I'll be honest, I'm not perfect. But then, you know, I did. And I was, like, talking to her. And I was, so we were talking about, like, her anxiety and whatnot. And then I was just able to talk to her about Jesus. And, and she, she's a believer. She, she says she's a believer. And she said her son-in-law or somebody is a minister somewhere. I was like, oh, that's great. So I, all I did was just reaffirm her. And the biblical truths of what the Lord said. The Lord hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Like just being able to, to, to speak the truths. Even you may run into people who are already believers. But if they're in a situation that you can speak into, Lord may, he directs your steps. He establishes. So he may be able to use you to exhort that person or to prophesy over them or, or anything of the sort. To refocus on the manner in which I live. 
This is how we effectively, second step, I believe, in how we effectively uh, uh, share our faith. We have to refocus on the manner in which I live. And, and let me tell you one thing before we really dive into this part is that the person that's sharing this with you, aka me, probably needs to hear this more than anybody else in this room. And I'm just saying that as like, I'm not above this. Like I also have to refocus on the manner in which I live. As, as, a, as a pastor, we're hold to a higher standard. Ultimately, and I, I hear it all the time. I remind myself of it all the time, and it's it's living above reproach. But it's focus on the matter in which I live. When we go, uh, when we go into, so we just did serve day. We we went into Willow Place and House of Hope. If we would have walked in there with with our or with our heads down, just kind of like with the attitude, I don't really want to be here. I, I'm just here just to kind of like check it off the box. Like, yeah, you're there, but are you really there? Or like if we were going to paint for some, 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 somebody who needs it in the community or mow or something, like if we do it with a lack of joy and like we're not actually, every brush stroke is for the Lord. And having that in, in our mindset, it is, it is being positive, not negative. You walk, in, you walk into, into to work tomorrow. How are you going to walk into work tomorrow? You're going to walk in, ah, oh, it's Monday. Shoot. Got another Monday. I don't really want to be here. No, you walk in and say, hey, what's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? How's everybody's Monday? Are we going to have a great week? Maybe bring some donuts with you, extra bonus points. I don't know. Like, you, we have a choice. We have a choice because when you walk in there and everybody else is down and out about themselves and their days and their lives, then you get to walk in there with joy, and they're like, what is this person on? It's not drugs it's Jesus come on now John 3:16 says so for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life have eternal life how does that not sound interesting to anybody part of that is faith we have to we receive God by faith we're saved by grace through faith. We, there's, there's an act on our part. So when we're sharing the gospel, it's is letting the people know when we're sharing the good news of Jesus, hey, there's faith involved. You got to believe. Even if you can't see, you have to believe. That's, that's a part of it. Part of, uh, second part of uh, uh, the manner in which we live is, is common ground, not, bot- not battleground. You may come against people. Guys, I come in contact with people all the time who will uh, attack me or family or church or whatever, or, or just God plain, plain outright. And, and when I, sometimes I've told people, oh, I'm a pastor. And they're just like, oh, like they got like a weird, like taste in their mouth. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really like, you know, I don't believe in a God who, who sends people to hell. I say, yeah, me either. That's, John 3.16. He, John 3.16. He loved the world so that he gave his only begotten son. So that whoever believes in him shall not perish. He gives us a way. He gives us an opportunity. Yes, I believe in God. But when we talk about, like, he, he doesn't send us to hell. He's not going to send you to hell. You get a choice. And you choose heaven or hell. You choose, you choose God or you choose the world. Uh, 
Common ground, not battleground. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that I may by all means save some. Common ground, not battleground. You're going to come into contact with people who are going to be against you. They're going to stand against everything that you believe, and that's okay. That is completely fine. Find a common ground. They, you, you start talking about the church that you're involved in, talk about all that we're doing, and there may be a conversation where you come and, and you say, yeah, we do this. We do a serve day. We do an outreach every month. And we, you know, last month we just, for example, our serve day, we just went to the uh, recovery from addiction and abuse in this woman's home, and then we went to this men's home, which is a halfway house, and we're actually taking a, a, a freedom group in there, and we're going to walk through for 12 weeks. We're going to be with them every single week. And, this, and, and then people are, People are, then their attention is caught. They're like, oh, you do that? You, 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 don't, like, you don't just make people come to you, you come to them? Yes. That's our job. It's not just in the church. It's not just in the four walls. Just find the common ground, and they'll open up, and you'll be able to, to share all about the good news of Jesus. Also remember, it's their perspective, not my perspective. I'm not saying that that, that, we, uh, that their perspective's right, but it's understanding their perspective. We, we must go into the efforts of being able to understand where they're coming from. Yes, I can go and say, hey, that's sin, that's sin, that's sin, that's sin, that's sin. Turn from your wicked ways. But if I'm not understanding their perspective, how else am I supposed to reach them? I'm coming from my perspective. It's like weak, he became weak, right? So if I need to reach somebody who is far lost, who is in darkness, then we have to put ourselves in their shoes. Not like literally, but like figuratively. Think about it. What, what could they be processing? How could they be thinking about God? How could they be thinking about What's their situation? What's their experience with church and with church people? Think about it from their perspective, not our perspective. Acts 17 says, so Paul, uh, Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. He's talking to, to the men of Athens and he's saying, he's putting it in their perspective. Hey, I see that you are, you're very religious. And, and you know, he's kind of exhorting them in a way. I see you're very religious. You, you do very well here. He says, for while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship is ignorance. This I proclaim to you. So what he's saying is he's coming from their perspective. Hey, you guys do great in your religious activities here. But I did realize this one thing. It's that it says to an unknown God. But there is only one God, and he is a known God. Now, I mean, that's just, this is just an example that we pull right from Scripture that we're able to use. Patience, not pressing. We talk about the manner in which we live. Patience, not pressing. This is the part that probably drives people crazy because I'm not, I'm a lot more patient than I used to be, but I, I am, I, I, I'm still working on that. I, sometimes I lack in my patience, but uh, Holy Spirit, he's doing a work in me. He's sanctifying me every day. Uh, it's, it's those conversations. It's, hey, uh, I, I actually had a conversation with a, a college friend of mine. He just moved to Carmel uh, from Terre Haute, and I was talking with him, and I said, hey, man, you should, you should join, join me at church. I said, Carmel, I know, is a drive to Pendleton, but we have a campus in Fishers. We have a campus in Noblesville and then Eagle Creek 
I said, you're kind of in the middle of those three. So I said, you could really pick any one. Um, and he's like, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. He said, I, I don't know about the whole church thing. You know, I, I was born this way, or I was raised this way, and, and we just never really did the whole church thing. And we're just, you know, so then I kind of asked, I prod a little bit. I said, so, so what happens when you die? And, and, and I forget exactly what he said, but it was weird. It was, it was weird. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, um, well, I, I think you should give church a try. I think you should give God a try. And he's like, yeah, I, I just, mm, no, I don't think it's for me. I said, okay. He said, well, I want you to know that I'm going to be praying for you. And in this time, though, he said, whenever you think, whenever you think you're ready to have a conversation about this, and maybe, maybe try church out. Just, just shoot me a text. Shoot me a text. Give me a call. This was probably a year and a half ago. Um, and then a year after that, so about six months ago, he, he texted me. He said, hey, man, uh, thinking of you. Thanks for, thanks for um, I, I did some. It was his birthday, so I sent him something. He said, thanks for the birthday gift. I've really been thinking about you and our last conversation. I said, you want to talk yet? He said, yeah, I'm almost there. So, okay, I'll, I'll continue to pray. And I haven't heard back from him in six months or anything like that. But what, I say that as an example to say, it's patience that I'm, I'm exhibiting patience. I'm not pressing. I'm like, hey, man, you really got to, you really got to, you really got to. No, it's, there's no gap in the spirit. I can pray for him. He doesn't need to know I'm praying for him every day. But, like, I'm praying for him. And, and as you can see, in a year's time, like, the Lord's working in his heart. The Lord's working in his life. I had, I had another college friend, one of my fraternity brothers. Yes, your pastor was in a fraternity. I had a life before Jesus. But uh, we, he, 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 he reached out to me, and he said, just randomly, out of the blue, he said, hey, man, I don't know if you know this, but I've been going to church. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Where are at? He said, Trader's Point. He said, oh, that's a great church, yada, yada. And he says, I, wanted you, I want to tell you, though, because you actually inspired me. I was like, what? He's like, I was like, because we had conversations about it like years ago, three, four years ago. And he was like, I was like, what, really? He said, yeah. He said, I just see the way you're living. And he's like, there's so much joy. Like, like, you're just doing so many great things, yada, yada. I'm like, oh, well, that's, I mean, that's all Lord, like 100%. He's like, yeah, I know, and I want some of that. I was like, okay, here we are. So I, we were on the phone. I prayed with him and, and whatnot. And, and uh, it's just the manner in which we live, guys, it plays such a bigger role than we think. You think people aren't watching? They're watching. They're watching how you interact at, through the drive-thru or in the grocery store, at dinner when, when <laughs> let me tell you a story. <laughs> Last night, we went to Wolfie's in Noblesville, and they got like every order except one uh, wrong. So only one came out right, or two maybe, and there were eight of us. And I was just sitting there, and, and the gal, she was so flustered, but it was like the kitchen, they just all messed up anything and I was just like sitting observing how everybody was responding and I was like you know nobody responded poorly and this was I'm not saying that because it was with Kelsey's family and they're here no like literally <laughs> nobody responded poorly like there was there was frustration but it wasn't like hey we're taking it out on her or anything like that it was just like oh it's okay we get it like you know it was frustrating sure but like how we respond could greatly impact how this gal plays out the rest of her evening right and in those things, you guys don't realize, but in those things are, are opportunities and, and examples of, of how we are as believers and, and how Christ would respond to us. 
So we, 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 can, we can be an example of Christ in every situation, in every conversation. 2 Timothy 2.23 says, But refuse foolish and ignorant speculation, uh, speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. Leading to the knowledge of the truth. We must have patience. Must be able to teach with kindness. Now, when we stand against people, like culture, obviously, the culture we live in today, y'all, is completely opposite the word of God. Completely opposite. I'm not saying never correct anybody. And that, believe me, y'all know me and who Life Church is. Like, we, we stand on the side of, of speaking biblical truths and we speak it boldly. But when we, when we have those conversa- conversations, it's remembering we're not fighting against, it's not against flesh and blood, it's against rulers and principalities. So we're not fighting against this individual person, we're fighting against the, the demonic spirit that may be upon them that may be oppressing them or, or, or coming against them. And it's recognizing those things and then and just having so much grace, so much grace in those conversations because you never know how they will respond in, through your grace. Unconditional love is not conditional love. Yes, I know that it's like, oh, duh. It's not conditional. It's unconditional. Yes. But what I say by this, is, what, I, what I mean by this is that Unconditional love, when we say unconditional love, it's, 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 it's not affirming somebody's lifestyle. Now, yes, we are to accept them. And in this church, we accept and welcome everybody. But, it, but, it, but we're not going to sit there and tell them, hey, this, uh, it's okay that you live this way. No, because that's opposite of, of, of what Jesus says. To turn from your wicked ways, turn from your wicked ways, and I will hear, heal your land. And it, we have to turn from our wickedness. Anybody who comes to know Christ has to confront and turn from and repent of their wicked ways. We all had to. Everybody else does too. God gives us a way. He gives us a way. And then it is our opportunity. It is our job to relay the message of hope to a broken world. The world is broken. I mean, anywhere you go, it's broken. There, there is there's sorrow, there is, there is sickness, there, there is uh, just, just disgust, I mean, perversion everywhere we go. But it is our job to relay the message of hope. There's a lack of hope in our world. You see it all around. People are anxious about what's coming next, this, that, or the other. No, it is our job to relay this message of hope. The message of hope is that the message of Jesus that message of Jesus and, 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 and the victory that we have through the cross. And that's worth every moment that we share, that we get to share. It is worth it 100%. Because you share it with a friend that you've really been trying, patience, not pressing. You've really been trying. The moment they come here to church and I do a salvation call, and I say, everybody, everybody heads, heads, heads bowed, eyes closed, and you know salvation calls coming. I know darn well you ain't going to be closing your eyes. You're going to be peeking out of the corner of your eyes, seeing, making sure that they get to raise their hand. Because there's excitement in that. And knowing, and knowing that, that you had a part to play, that God got to use you to bring somebody to know him. 
First Peter 3 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. They'll be put to shame. Who cares who slanders you for, the, for proclaiming the gospel? They hated Jesus first. Who cares? As the band comes up, we're going to go to a close, but I, but I have a poem that I wanted to share with you. A short poem. It's only four lines, and it's, it's on your notes. It says, When you enter the beautiful city and the saved all around you appear, what joy when someone will tell you it was you who invited me here. Guys, that is worth every single moment. That is worth every rejection. That is, that is worth every slander that is brought against you. To know, to know that you had a part to play, that you were able to, 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 to share the name of Jesus with somebody and their lives be completely altered. Completely altered. It is a powerful thing for us to be able to confess with our, our, our mouth, confess with our tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, and when people step into that and they give their life to the Lord, there is a lot of joy that comes from it. When we went to House of Hope, there was a kid, Brandon, that I shared about that, that he just celebrated his 28th birthday and, or 29th birthday. And in that moment, he gave his life to the Lord. And I was like, I didn't even know the dude, really. I, I'm, we've been there for 10, 15, 20 minutes maybe at this time. Like, I didn't really know him, but there was still so much joy. So much joy. And you guys want to experience that? You want to have that joy in your life to, to know that a, a, a generation is changed because of one person making a decision to know Jesus, to follow Jesus. Let's go. We're encouraged by today's talk. Be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.